Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with Jake Clyde today. Hello again. Yeah, how's it going? Um, I can't complain. It's great. Talk about movies. All day long. Drinking some coffee. Yes. It's not uh, too hot. Right. Not too cold. Just right. Well, you got to wait for it to cool down before you can drink it. Yes. Uh, that's kind of the hard part for me. I'm sometimes impatient. Yep. It's yeah. where you burn your tongue. Where's this from again? This is from a little shop in Nashville. Um, it's a it's a local favorite, but it's also pretty big on tourist stuff. But it's a favorite of mine. I go there a lot because it's near my church. Not a chain, a local one? No, it's just local. It that's has... Cool. Two or three locations around Nashville, but that's it. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's cool beans. Pour over. Literally. Hot beans. Uh, no. Pour over today because the mocha wouldn't have survived the eight-hour drive. Which movie we got today? <laughs> the movie we got today is uh, Pirates. Which one? Which way do you say it? You know, I was debating that the other night, too. <laughs> I say Pirates of the Caribbean. Most of the time, that's what I say. Uh-huh. Pirates of the Caribbean. Sometimes because it almost like it's a Caribbean. Yeah, because it almost yeah. sa- like it it's a syncopated better. Yeah, yeah. No, Pirates definitely. of the Caribbean. But then I'm like, but I don't think that's the accurate way to say it. So now I've been trying to get myself used to only saying Caribbean, and then I feel awkward saying it that way. Well, either way, warning, if we say it wrong, um, let us know. Keep listening. Yes, yeah. Uh, but either way, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yes. Um, it's came out july 9th 2003 which is a lot longer than i thought considering they're doing like the sixth one in like the next year or so right you know yeah 2003 wow i was five i was not five i was your son's age Uh, yeah that is accurate it's a it's the best way to put it and you watch it at five yeah or so i don't remember I do it's know not that bad of a movie to watch at five. I do know that mom considered. was obsessed with it. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a family movie. I mean, it's it's based off of a Except family. Except for ride. the skeletons. Okay, now Halloween, mm-hmm. Dia de Muerte, mm-hmm. Day of the Dead. It's eh, I know, let's but just like embrace, I will remember going back and saying I was five. I don't remember if I watched it directly when I was five, right, but I okay. do remember watching them when I was a little kid because, again, my mom loved them. Yeah. She still loves the pirate series. They're great movies. So as a little kid, I was terrified of this first one because like that first scene when um, Elizabeth is trying to escape Barbosa's captain's place on the ship oh yeah and this and the moon you best comes start out believing you're in and yep. the moon comes out from behind uh-huh. the clouds and it's just all it's dark it's in your face it's all of a sudden like it's just it feels like a ride if well yeah because i know it's based off the ride but right. when you're six or seven it's terrifying it's terrifying to I watch i agree with you yeah and i i generally don't like stuff like that right I, I, now I, i'm fine with it when I'm i watch it i'm like it. when i watch it i'm like that was terrifying when i was a kid mm-hmm and so yeah but it's still it's still that it's not i'm trying to think of the right category to put it in it's still the movie you can sit down and watch with your kids 100 if they're old enough it's to, just that scene to you know get over the 
it's not cartoon violence, but the you know the the swashbuckling mm-hmm. violence that's that comes with it, and then some of the other darker things that yeah. are with it. Although I think uh, not Stranger Tides, the one after that, with the uh, oh, he with the bad guy in Skyfall. Oh, it's that dude. That um, dude, yeah. It's the newest one. Yes, I can't think of it now. Why can I think of it? Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, Ad World's End, End, Stranger, Stranger Tides. Tides. Blank. Blank. Um, Trident of Poseidon? Mm-mm. I know that's what they'd look for. But that's not what it's called. Nope. Sure isn't. Dead Men Tell No Tales. Yep. Yes. Woo. And, and for those of you not uh, watching here, I did look. I, I did think of that without uh, any help of the internet. You did. And yeah, that, that one's really dark. It get, it's not skeletons, but it's like half body stuff but this is black pearl this is a this is one of my favorite movies i love that the movie is based off the ride yes i am a uh a huge disney mm-hmm. buff um i've been to disney world many times but um i love i love this movie based on the ride disney infused all over the place mm-hmm. um i love the easter egg with the inmates that's uh, that's that's just gold to me and i think but really, one of the things that I really take away from this is is uh, Jeffrey Rush's performance as Hector Barbosa. Yeah, I think he's I think he's great. I love his his speech, his inflection, and just how he's able to articulate how he's able to articulate and, and become like in my mind the epitome of a pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just so great. Um, and and I love this movie that he gets to be. He gets he gets highlighted because he's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Yeah, this movie was directed by Gore Verbinski. Never heard of him, but I'm a fan of his work. If Pirates is anything to go by. Yeah, he's done other things too. I'm sure. I he's assume fine. so. Um, I feel like he did. Uh, now I want to know, and I'm, I am gonna look this one up. IMDb. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp stars in it, Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush, Kira Knightley, and a lot of other British people. He did Lone Ranger. Okay, yep. Let me see if this is uh, actually his director. Thanks. I feel like he did, uh, I can't think of the movie, Na- uh, National Treasure, I feel like. Did he do National Treasure? I'm, I'm checking. Lone Ranger, At World's End, Dead Man's Chest. These are director credits. Okay. The Ring. Ring. I don't see anything. Uh, maybe there's a producer credit. Nope. Nope. But no, it's 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 so great. It's so rewatchable to me, and I I just it's iconic now. Which part? The whole movie? The whole movie. It's just oh, an yeah. iconic movie. Yeah, and I it broke the the quote unquote pirate curse of the last thirty years. Meaning, like, no good pirate movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every pirate movie from the 70s until Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Um, every Pirates movie from 1970s onward failed at box office. And then this movie came out and it skyrocketed. Interesting. Yeah. 30 years. Three decade curse. Which I feel like is, you know, accurate. A pirate's curse. Absolutely. And for this movie to be called Curse of the Black Pearl. And break it. Right. Because that's what the whole movie is about, is breaking the curse. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is bright. I, I wonder why it's the curse of the black pearl when really the curse is of the gold. The curse is of the gold, uh, not mm-hmm. the ship. But the ship, the, the inhabitants of the ship are cursed. The inhabitants of the ship. So. And by association is the ship. Okay. I think it's because the ship is known. The black pearl is a notable pirate ship. If they leave no survivors, then where do you get the tales from? Um, Johnny Depp in this movie, brilliant, is really where I actually start started to pay attention to what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This absolutely. was his thing. Um, I love that he shows up in Disneyland in in Jack Sparrow and would just do it and just yeah. does Jack Sparrow business. It's it's just great. It's great that that's a character that can adjust to anything at any time um and it's just hilarious with what he does because mm-hmm. you can be delayed in speech or in thought because jack sparrow he's he's aloof he's he's crazy he is crazy yeah. but he's there there's like you have to kind of wonder like he has to be some sort of genius as well yeah but you can't measure that genius. You can't take he's a test so, for that he's genius. A, he knows how to talk his way out of anything. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, uh, that reminds me of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But but he's more than that. He's more than any kind of um, hero that we see because he's not. He doesn't really want to be the yeah. hero. Well, even like at the very beginning, when you know Elizabeth Swan faints and falls into the water, he's trying to steal a ship. Right, and he tells the, you know, the two, guys. two soldiers. He's like, "Are you gonna do it?" And they're like, "I can't swim." My favorite thing is his line is like, "Prior to the king's navy, you are." Yes, <laughs> right. he's like, "Hold this," and he he's a reluctant hero. Yes, there's I think no, that's a great term. There's no bad guy versus good guy in this movie. Okay. There's not really, when you think of it like that. Because they're not all good, or they're not all bad. Is that what you're saying? Or because he's there's, a pirate outside the law? There's no set. Good guy versus bad guy. Okay. It's just, they yeah, just want, they're just they're just all pirates. Yeah. They just want different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's great. Even, you know, even the Royal Navy, like they're not necessarily bad guys. Right. They're doing their job. Right. It's all a matter of perspective mm-hmm. in that case. Yeah. Um, but he definitely is like a reluctant hero. Mm-hmm. Something that I I know you know is who did the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer and Klaus, mm-hmm. but dealt. So Klaus has the credit. What Hans Zimmer is mostly known for is pr- just producing it. But and this is what I learned while doing research for this. I thought Klaus wrote like composed all of it. He only composed the nine themes. Hans Zimmer actually composed the main well-known Pirates theme. I thought Klaus did that because Klaus is the main person who gets credit. Hans Zimmer composed the actual theme piece. See, I saw that and and I was like, oh, okay, he did it. Klaus composed everything else for the film. Interesting. Hans Zimmer then went on and did the next two movies. Right. So. Oh, the music's great. The music is amazing. Um, it's so much fun to l- just to listen to. You can feel. Oh, I love it. You can f- you f- you feel the adventure in this. This music gets you going. Gets you. It's so dynamic. You can tell mm-hmm. like 
you can really tell it in the second movie because that's all that's more when there is a bad guy uh, yeah davy jones is a bad guy or not davy jones but um what's his face squidward no uh wrong guy but essentially um uh, yeah no it is davy jones is it davy jones yeah okay and then i don't know either way he but he is the bad guy in the second one yeah and it's so one of my favorite tracks to listen to is the kraken track okay it's so you have to to hear the first 15 seconds of it you have to turn your volume up as loud as possible because it's such a low it's almost like jaws in the sense of it starts out really quiet and ominous and then it gets louder but it's like but it's not like jaws in the sense of i don't really know how to explain it and i can't do the melody you don't want me to but um it's that and then it automatically switches you can tell it automatically switches when it switches where the movie's focusing on right and that underlying kraken theme always comes up with davy jones and his crew and you always know when you hear that like really low ominous music you know that davy jones is coming and you know the kraken's coming versus the rest of it is almost like this high pitch this higher pitch string adventure kind of crazy wonky right because that's what the pirates are being depicted as that's how you hear it for everyone else and it, even in this movie, I noticed when it came to Barbosa and his crew of cursed people, mm-hmm. it was a slightly darker, ominous, lower beat and melody compared to the rest of it. Right, and I love that. I love that the music is composed that way, mm-hmm. and then um, edited with the film so that you hear the music first, like or like the sword fight when it's on point with the music. That first sword fight in the blacksmith yes. shop. Yes. I love dun, when dun, I dun, love dun. when movies in general do that. Mm-hmm. When they when the composer composes the music to hit points right in the film. Yeah, and I I just love the I love the feeling of dread that you get as an mm-hmm. audience when you're watching it and you know the bad guy's coming because the music t- gives it away. Yeah, and in you know I say that gives away, but it really doesn't. It, it foreshadows. It, it foreshadows, and you know depending on how musically inclined you are, you can pick those things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Last Jedi, which got ripped to shreds for a lot of different things. I enjoyed it. There's some parts I don't like. But um, the musical uh, illusions that John Williams throws in there are just great because every one of them reminds you of something because you already know it mm-hmm. and the same thing with this one like okay okay this is this this is this character this is what's happening um and you can you kind of get ready you get you get tense you for prepare that yourself you for prepare it, yourself yeah. okay okay i know something something's gonna happen here mm-hmm. um did you know alan silvestri was first suggested to compose it to compose that, this uh, film he did Infinity War? he did captain america one then he did Infinity War and Endgame and Avengers. Did he do uh, the, the game Destiny? Maybe. I think so. Alan. Silvestri. He did Night of the Museum trilogy. Really? With Ben Stiller. I don't even remember music in that movie. Yeah. I, I mean, don't I believe it. I don't. I, I didn't don't remember, remember it. it. And then I went back and watched it. And now that I'm into, now that I love listening to movie soundtracks, I can't not hear it when I listen, when I watch a movie. Yep, Avengers Endgame, Ready mm-hmm. Player One. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, 
he's the one who basically composed that um avengers theme song the avengers theme piece oh well he did the avengers yeah yeah so he's the one who he's the one who like created that great Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he would have been good, I'm sure. He would have been good. I still think Hans Zimmer... Can't change it now. You can't change it now, but like, like you can definitely hear a difference in their composition styles. Absolutely. Zimmer did... Didn't he, he did some of the uh, Potter movies towards the end. Williams did some of the beginning ones. Williams did the beginning did ones. The ones. I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know about the ending uh, ones. I'm pretty sure. But, uh... You know, music is such an integral part to mm-hmm. any any movie there. Have you ever... Yeah, because, like, you can go through... Yes, he did. Um, when you can watch... Like, if you watch, like, the behind the scenes of a movie, and it's, like, an action sequence. Like, one of them is, like, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Um, and that first fight sequence where he's, like, in that back alley with the four thugs or whatever. There's a moment where there's no music in that scene. And it's just so noticeable in it. And it's just them scuffling around. And that's and that's what you hear when you're filming it. Like before post production when you're just filming it, like that's what's heard. And it's it's such a big difference between that when there's actually a music underlay. Right. Yeah. It's so empty without it. Absolutely. Um according to the screenwriter's commentary, okay. William Turner was the best swordsman out of the group. Uh, okay. Barbosa and um, Norrington, the okay. yeah. British guy, they were like evenly matched. Next, um, and then who's third? Sparrow as the worst. Oh, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about Miss Swan? She doesn't do a sword fight. Yes, she does. In this movie. Oh, in this in movie. this movie. Sorry. Okay. In this movie. Okay. Her plot, her character development is one of my favorites. You know, I saw some things out on the internet, um, which of course everything is true. You know, kind of blasting Elizabeth Swan and her character and her inclusion in that and Disney's attempt to um, attempt at feminism and attempt at showing a character that can do this and and then how all like it seems like all the male characters want to court her at some point somehow right which which i th- feel like in <laughs> this series it fits the time frame it fits the time frame because she is the daughter of a like a nobleman a governor a governor governor so, swan yeah so okay and it, it makes she's sense. like 18 right you know she's very beautiful of age of age yes so like especially norrington where it's like he's in the army norrington is gross because they're like 10 or 11 at the very beginning and he's like already an adult in the military but again for the time for the time piece it's supposed to be i understand it's for the time but it's gross um but you know the fact that that swan and that a character again uh star wars fan uh like ray how Ray just shows mm-hmm. up and she can do everything. And Elizabeth Swan, apparently from movie to movie one to movie two, she learns how to sword fight. And well, she's engaged to Will Turner, who's exactly. the best swordsman. You know, and she just went on this whole adventure with um, uh, skeleton pirates. You think she might want to learn this? It, and it's not like she doesn't show the desire to learn that anyways. Right. She shows the historical knowledge of it. 
Um, what I love is <clears throat> when she's being put to bed after Jack Sparrow saves her. Mm-hmm. Um, the chambermaid there. And the chambermaid is like, oh, I bet, you know, it was such a crazy day or whatever. Her mind automatically goes to Norrington proposing. She didn't even think about, like, being saved and, and used as uh, a shield by a pirate. That right. didn't even cross her mind as being a crazy That's thing. That's crazy. My wife's a chambermaid, so. Yes. Different movie. But um, so great. But I, I, lo- I love the development of that character. I don't think it's out of place. I think, I don't think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's genuine that she develops, that she shows interest, that she cares for Will, uh, clearly. Mm-hmm. She wants to do the right thing. And this is her home. This is where she belongs. It's where she's always belonged. Um, you know, at, at at World's End, man, that movie's tough a little bit when you start mm-hmm. thinking about like how much you lose. Um, they got married in the middle of a of a war, right? Literally in the middle of it. Yeah, you get married, you, you do that, and then you have nothing. You have one day, and then ten years. Um, that would be better, you know. I take that, but man, that would be that would be mm-hmm. rough. So. I agree that she is she is the pirate. She is a, a real pirate. I um, did you know Kira Knightley was only seventeen while they were filming? I did know that. I, d- I also know that she played as a double for Natalie Portman in um, Star Wars: Phantom Menace because she looks so much like Natalie Portman. Really? Um, yeah, she's one of the handmaidens in that in the movie. So in in Star Wars, uh, Portman is Queen Amidala, but for a majority of it. It's kind of confusing as is who which character Portman is playing or not because the the queen who's dressed up in royal garb mm-hmm. for them to target so to speak is not the actual queen, um, but it's it's kind of cool it's kind of cool to know that she was involved in that and and obviously that was that was ninety nine and then you know this is two thousand three yeah one of my favorite parts of this film Johnny Depp still. Johnny Depp's delivery of lines mm-hmm. and how that character is, um, man, well, I've already said he's kind of like that street smart genius that's uniquely keenly aware and observant of his surroundings in a way that, you know, someone like Sherlock Holmes, who is, you know, he's even said, uh, I see everything. He sees all these things. And that's his curse. And that's his curse, yes. Well, we don't get that from. Jack Sparrow, but he is he sees things in his own way. Yeah, it's like, it kind of reminds me of uh, man. This is gonna be super nerdy, but that's okay. Lego Movie mm-hmm. at the end when um, Emmett can see the pieces in their number, their model number. He yeah, like he just sees things differently, and I I love um, that type of that type of character. I don't see things like that. I I. I have to categorize things and, and label them and do that. I, I can't see what he sees. And a couple of the quotes that I love for him, it's, this is, uh, Will says it's either madness or brilliance. And he just replies, you know, without, without missing beat. It's remarkable how often those two traits coincide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be a leader, to try something new, to try to fly an airplane. Someone's going to say you're, you're nuts. Yeah. Or someone's going to say you're brilliant. And I, I also love, the the part with Norrington, Norrington, where mm-hmm. he says, uh, "What he ends it with? 
He's going through Jack's stuff. You says, are by, almost, far, by far the worst pirate I've ever heard, heard of. of. Ah, but you have you heard, have of, heard me. of me. Now, I love that. Not just for that movie, but the magic cart meme that came off of it. Have you seen that? No, I've seen one for Ohio. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's you uh, are by far the worst state I've ever heard nice. of. And then it's, but you have heard of me. But you have heard of me. We're very important. No, the magic cart meme, if you play Pokemon, then you know magic cart and how terrible of a Pokemon that is to train. Um, it's just funny. He's got a little magic carp fish with a Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. hat. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, yep, it fits. It absolutely fits. Yes. It's great. I, I, I love that type of witty retort that Jack Sparrow does that I can't. It's I, very quick-witted. Oh, it's so quick. And I wish I knew how much was improv. I wish I knew how much was Johnny Depp because I think a lot was. I don't know so much in this movie how much was improv, but I know the next two movies, so much of it was improv. Um, I do know the scene where Will Turner is talking to Gibbs and is like is that why jack's always like and he does like an impression <laughs> yeah that was 100 percent improv oh man that's great his impression was 100 like, spot on yes. i love his eyes in it i know it is was that great. Why he's all um yeah i don't know how much of the first film is improvised Fair. but i do know the next two there's a ton of it that is could you imagine jim carrey as jack sparrow i can't me neither nope i i, I saw the sonic movie mm-hmm uh, and I, I, my son loves it, and I enjoyed it very much because of references. Which, if you're going to do the Pokemon uh, Pikachu Detective Pikachu movie, mm-hmm. sign me up. Okay, I'll say that now. Oh, it's so great! I I nearly cried with every reference, uh, tears and laughter. But I can't see Jim Carrey doing this. I can't see the I Riddler know. doing. Yeah. Oh no. Um, I read somewhere. I don't know how accurate it is, but I read that one of the influences to writing the character of Jack Sparrow was Hugh Jackman in mind to play it. Interesting. And I can kind of see it in the way Johnny Depp carries himself as Jack Sparrow. I can see Hugh Jackman being able to like do something like that. Not the dialogue. Not the way this personality is. I cannot see him being that crazy. I can't think of another character like this. I can't. That I yeah. That I I like this much. I mean, he's he's a drunk pirate, at all times. That's all he is. Yeah. And it's it's just great. Um, Not that I not that I condone drinking at all times, but the line Mm -hmm. "Why is the rum always gone?" is something I've said once or twice because it's just it's 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 right on point. Or Um, asking when they're stranded on the island and elizabeth swan is blowing up and setting fire to all the rum and he's like but don't not the rum right yes and i love they play they play to that again that gibbs mm-hmm. says it again i the rum too <laughs> and he's great. so but he's like he can tell he doesn't want to yep. but he has he needs gotta to do say what you gotta it. do did you know jimmy buffett was offered a role as a pirate but he had to turn it down as he had a previous engagement wow uh-huh I don't know if it was a major role, but it was like they offered him a role as one of the pirates. You imagine Jimmy Buffett? No. No. It I it makes sense that they asked. Like when I read that, I was like, of course they did. Of course <laughs> they asked him. It's Jimmy Buffett. But, um, yeah. Only wow. six days oh of the five-month production and filming period were spent actually out on sea. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
the rest of it was green screen. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me too much. You don't got a lot of control out there on the no. uh, on the water. And so many people got seasick. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't yeah. been on a boat in a long time, but I did not want to Neither at I. this point. Um. Could S- go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say so. I read this when I started the movie, when I was rewatching it to do research, and I tracked it and I followed it. So there's a scab right here on on um jo- on Jack Sparrow's chin mm-hmm. that starts out really small and and hardly noticeable, and as the movie goes on and progresses, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like this big, like it's like a quarter size really? at the, by the end of the movie. Huh. And apparently, it was a prank that Johnny Depp and his makeup artist decided oh to do. Yeah. She was pointing to the, like the lower right part of her yes. cheek, outside her mouth there, near near his like chin, chin jawbone, um, yeah, J- jawline area. Yeah. Interesting. And there's a little red scab that. that starts out really small and hard to see at the beginning of the movie, and as you watch it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a hidden Mickey. So in Disney World mm-hmm. and Disneyland, uh, hiding at Mickey Mouse uh, ears yes. and face, you know, the three circles or anywhere is always a, a great thing. And you can look for them all the time. And There's, there's a, a hidden Mickey in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Oh, yeah? As well, I should say. Yes. I'm not surprised. Like some of the planets um, make it. This one is um, final cannon shot, apparently, mm-hmm. 35 minutes or so in. And, yeah, I, I, I love stuff like that. I love that. that the stuff little being, Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Easter eggs are always great. That's why I said that the stuff about the uh, Detective Pikachu is like, it's just chock full of them. And I'll mm-hmm. just, every one, it's, it's, it's like a little, like a little tap for me. And I you just, you know, give me a little bit more and it's, it's good. I'm good. It takes me to the next one. It's fine. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine Ewan McGregor playing Will Turner? No. Really? I don't think so. I could imagine Ian McGregor playing Will Turner. Now, maybe that's just I, I really liked him, obviously, in uh, the prequels. It's one reason why I watch the Star Wars prequels. It's just because of Ian McGregor. Um, what about Tobey Maguire? Because all these people were were They were considered. considered I know. I, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't see Tobey Maguire. I don't Maguire. think I could see Tobey Maguire. I would be in pain the whole movie. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for the Spider-Man movies that much. They're okay. Those ones, so those ones came out, like, I think around the same time, and I remember the number, the second one of his, I remember my grandparents took me to watch it, and I was was a little kid. I was, like, five or six, Mm -hmm. and we actually left early because it scared me so much. I'm trying to remember what the second one was. It was with Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. And and the mechanical limbs. Yeah. Like, for a five-year-old, man. It's kind of funny that in uh, Infinity War, Spider-Man this gets Doc Ock's yes. spider legs. Interesting. Uh, what about Jude Law? Last one. Jude Law is Will Turner. Yes. I, I can see that one a lot more. But I think it's just because I've seen Jude Law in a lot of uh, enough roles could, that I could picture it. You think you could do that dark side, though? Like, because... Of Will Turner? Turner? Turner's kind of... Like, Turner... That's the great thing about Turner. He's Hi. not all hero. He wants to be. Yes. But... I don't know if it's so much him going to the dark side as much as as him... Mischievous. Mischievous. But Deceptive. going going back between being selfish 
or selfless. Oh. The, yeah. I feel like the darker sides is when he's doing stuff for himself and for his interests, which is being a pirate. Yeah, I see that. So I could see it. Um, I don't know how well he would do as a swordsman, but I could kind of see it. Yeah. So uh, the word parlay is parlay. said 15 times in the movie. I, I love which is a lot that is a lot for such they a repeated a lot odd though, too. word yes <laughs> i love i love parcheesi or like he just comes up with random words trying to think of that word mm-hmm. um because we've all been there we've all ch- par snip parsley it's par, just par and yeah. then and then that uh that one pirate says it he gives him the word he mm-hmm. fills it that's the one parlay yes um a line i've said before I, there's so many good quotes in this that that I just I hinge on is um, Hector saying uh, they're more like uh, guidelines than actual rules. Yeah. And you know sometimes it, and especially just in life it's like yeah you know sometimes it's kind of like that you just gotta kind of go with it you gotta kind of yeah. roll with it and I think that's I think that's one of the great things about um about this is that. You know, you get to see Jack Sparrow just kind of roll with everything. Really, all the main characters, they just have to keep rolling. Mm-hmm. But that's all you can changes. do. That's all you can do is I, just roll with it. Right. And I love that the logic changes with them where, you know, Jack convinces them at the end that go take care of them first while you're immortal and wait for the opportune moment. Mm-hmm. And he has dual meaning in that when he's talking to Will and talking to Elizabeth, trying to get them to, you know, double cross, you know, cross and double cross and it gets it gets a little complicated but mm-hmm. it's not too complicated that you can't follow just complicated they're a pirate. Enough. yeah you know they're just trying to do the best thing for them mm-hmm. you cheated pirate yes. in a fair fight i would have beaten you well that doesn't give me much incentive to fight fair i love that line i love that and i love the part where he says you know i can't bring this ship in all by myself mm-hmm. you know you have to look at the world as can and cannot. Yet he it simplifies technically it so much. brings the ship in by himself at the very beginning. Right. <laughs> but so. that's what happens when you bring a ship in there by yourself. There you go. Well, it was in some trouble before that, too. All the memes that have come out of that. Um, a lot of them are like time progression memes. Like, I see it like, like in college. I see a lot of it like comparing it to college. It's the like ship just sinking. freshman year. It's like when you first see him. And yep. as it gets smaller and smaller, it's like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It's That's very fine. accurate. But and then graduation is you see him walking onto walk the... Walking off. <laughs> yep. Nice. So this, this franchise, this movie series, is the 10th highest grossing franchise of all time. That's a lot. Franchise. So... What other franchise does that include, does that say? Well, the franchise is just the Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, but like, what's it compared against? I'm guessing Star Wars. Star Wars. Marvel. Marvel, yeah. It's a very popular movie. It's a very popular series, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Is this one your favorite? No. Which one's your favorite? Number two. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. For me, it's between one and three. Number two is my favorite for one scene only. Okay. When they're trying to go dig up the chest 
and it's Norrington, Will, and Jack start sword fighting. Elizabeth is on the like throwing rocks at them, pretends to faint, like yeah. calls them out for being idiotic little boys. And then like from that moment, you know, and then they get further in the woods. They're they running. Leave her. They leave her and they get and then she just sits and pouts. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I relate. But <laughs> my favorite in that whole scene is um when they're on that giant wheel continuing to fight. And do really? the sword fight in the wheel, and it's moving, and is there's just so many moving parts to it, and I think it's done so amazing. Okay, you like the scene. Not I like the... that scene, but I do. But I do like again. But going back, like I like that movie. Like I love the Kraken, and I love the music under. Like there's a lot. Sure. There's a lot going into the movie, that makes it my favorite. I have a hard time with it sometimes. I just mm-hmm. like okay, let's. I want to get to the other part because I know this is a setup movie. Well, they Um, filmed two and three continuously at the same time. Three was a long movie. It was so long. Yeah. Yeah. I did not see it in... Did I see it in theater? I I didn't. I I didn't. I have to say, plot-wise, one is my favorite. Okay. Movie, just in general, number two. Hmm. That's fair. I like one the most. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... But I don't not acknowledge any of the other ones like I do with like Indiana Jones or something. I I enjoy all of them. I mm-hmm. watch them. They're they're fun to watch. I like number four too. Yeah, I love the. I think uh, number four is such a different dynamic. Well, you don't have Will. You don't have anyone but Swan. Yeah, you have Gibbs and Barbosa. And Jack. Well, and Jack, yeah, of course. But it's such a. Di- but you just like. It's just so different. Mm-hmm. I think it's really my favorite's when he's a uh, at the the top and about to dive off. Um, jump like I, don't, I haven't watched it in years, but it's like they're jumping off the off like this really high thing and into the water. And he's like, you know how when you're at the edge and you're looking and you just get this urge yeah. to jump. I don't have it. I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then he gets down there. And he's like, I'm not doing it again. Like, yeah. did anyone see this? I'm not doing it again. Yes, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I I love, uh, I'll, I'll go back to Black Pearl here because that made me think of something. How he, like Jack Sparrow does like, he does like a social experiment with every person he interacts with. Yes. Because he just makes stuff up. Yes. He is so quick with it. Mm-hmm. And the quick delivery to me is essential for it to work because it catches you off guard. Or he's doing stuff so crazy he just tells the truth. Yeah, uh, I'm actually, I think we're thinking about the same thing with when the he goes two to take guards. the ship. Yeah, and he's trying to take the ship. This dog like, is off what are you doing here, civilians. really? Well, in all honesty. My filthy black yeah. guts out. Yeah, yes. like that whole quote. And, and he just he just throws him for a loop. And I, I do like those two um, British soldiers that show up again in, in episodes two, three. They're Aren't they in? No, they're in, they're in uh, they come back in... Uh, um, Dead Man Tell No Tales also. Do they? Yeah, because they tell Bar- they come to Barbosa and say mm. oh, everyone's leaving. Oh yeah, that's they right. Because Barbosa ends up with the, the all the maybe. ships and stuff. Um, I love I love that banter. I love those two guys. Yes. I think they play great. And those two, those other two pirates. The one that oh, keeps losing uh, the Master eye. Spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah, the eye and yeah, the yeah, yeah. other one. They're tall the and skinny, short and fat. Yep. Like yeah. when they dress up as ladies. Yes, it's so great. It's just it's. You know, 
there's a reason why people like movies that keep doing the kind of the same things mm-hmm. because it works and because we like it and we laugh at it. And yeah, I just wish um, we could see all of that being filmed because it had to be so much fun just to go back and forth, yes. and back and forth. I would love to be on a, I would love to be like a fly on the wall for so many movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this movie was the first PG-13 movie released by Walt Disney Picture label. Although Disney has been releasing movies that are PG-13 and R-rated um, under two different labels known as Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures since the 80s. But this was the first one directly through Walt Disney. That was PG-13. Right. I thought that was pretty interesting. It is interesting, especially for Disney to make that jump at that Mm -hmm. time. But I think it was a good one. It was successful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the movie was good. Mm -hmm. The movie was good. Uh, I didn't know this, but I feel like it was really smart. Johnny Depp wore specific contact lenses that doubled as sunglasses so he wouldn't have to squint in the sun when they filmed outside. I need those. That would be great. Right? Huh. I thought that was... Like a really smart thing. Yeah. Apparently, um, Kira Knightley had him too, but she, they gave her a headache by the end of the day. Oh. So she'd always throw him out. Bummer. Because she got like massive headaches from him. Also, the reason Jack Sparrow is so dirty looking is because they use the clothing and a bunch of charcoal to cover all of Johnny Depp's tattoos. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why he's always looking really dirty. It fits. It fits the character too. Oh yeah, I think yeah, totally. What do you think about the monkey? Jack. Jack the monkey. He's cute. He's cute. He's oh, funny. Man. He reminds me of the monkey in uh, Friends. Well, it's uh, a capuchin monkey, right. or in Night of the Museum. Yeah, They're all I, capuchin monkeys. I, I know. And it's just that personality and of the all monkey. All drive me nuts. Yes. Girth. I yep. get. I get the comedy, and that's fine. It just sometimes yeah. I'm just like okay, but. Yeah, that's. We named the monkey Jack. <laughs> just, just great. It's, yes. I love that. That I particularly enjoy Barbosa and Sparrow on on set at the same time mm-hmm. on screen at the same time because they just dig at each other all oh, the yeah. time with the the telescopes. I think. I think this that's is, the best part. That's, I think that's the another movie. That's but in the comparisons. I think it just, it's in two. I think it's in two. Okay. But just the the constant going back and forth mm-hmm. and digging. And, and well, it's because, like, you know, Jack was the rightful captain. Barbosa wanted to be captain, so he created a mutiny. So that's there. Plus, they have a history from before that that's never really spoken of until number five. Right. But you can feel that there's a history there between those two characters. Right. And, yeah, and that's and that's the great part is that you can feel that and it does yeah. come through. Um yeah, I I enjoyed so much. It's so it's just so funny to me because they're able to they're able to pull all that off. Um, I love all the action scenes, like the sword fights and all the, those choreographed scenes like that. I think are so cool. I don't disagree, mm-hmm. and I love I love the sword fighting. It it it's classic in that sense. People like that. They don't have shields, so you know that it's it's not yeah. medieval in that sense. Um, but you definitely have that one-on-one It's honest type to of goodness, thing. don't get stabbed. Right. And that's great. And, and you're, I mean, 
Dead Man's Chest has that too, where they're mm-hmm. going through. But yeah. the, the water wheel, it, yeah, that's awesome. That's a great shot. I just kind of like this. Do you think this is the best way to get what you're trying to get? Is to stay on the wheel? But it's. I fun think to it see. was more of it was an unintentional. They were chasing each other up the bell tower. Right. And it got dislodged. And it's one of those where it's so big, it's you. You just have to go with it. Go with it or get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it was. There's a couple of times in some... Well, this movie, too, where enemies become friends and mm-hmm. friends become enemies. So it's, I'm kind of surprised they didn't Jack just... Jack double-crosses everyone. Yeah, Jack... And see, like, the, your hero can't do that. Right. Your hero can't go back and forth like that, but he's not... They have not the greatest excuse. They're pirates. That's what they do. It's what's expected of them. I love... Wrong movie. Swan says... Uh, Pirate uh, King <laughs> just says to them, "Oh, uh, oh Pirate King, in. yeah, yeah." I, when she gets, who um, gave the authority? <laughs> she points like up to her crown, King. Yes. And I, I love seeing that because you know she's always wanted to say that, right? From movie one, yes. And, and that's she, one of those moments in that argument that I can't find. Right. She does say that. Mm-hmm. She says, "I'm she here goes to with negotiate." The you know, yeah. the hostilities against him, and uh, she gets all wordy. Yes. What's the what's the thing he says about the dress? When they thought um when they thought she was Calypso in another she just went with it. Right. You know, she didn't try to get herself out of it. Yeah, I, I think that's all the groundwork is all laid here. In the first one. Because yeah. she knows so much about it. Yeah. Um What was I gonna say? So I read that Jeffrey Rush had a theory and it's made me question how I th- I watch movies. It says he has a theory that people watch a screen from left to right just like they read books unconsciously. Okay. And so whenever he was filming, you'll notice he always tried to stay on the left side. Especially he said especially when he was in scenes with like Kira Knightley because he felt like otherwise people wouldn't have focused on him. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It made me go back and think, I'm like, do I do that? Do I watch movies from left to right without thinking about it? The first thing I thought of is the Bond opening sequence, which actually goes from right to left. Mm. I think. I don't know. But did you watch it like that? Or were you like, did you look left first? Well, see, I've also got a bad right eye uh, so. since about 2012. So I do see things on the left a little bit more. There you go. I just thought that was a really interesting thing to think about. Like, do I actually watch movies from left to right? Like, I read a book? Like, without just without realizing it? One of my favorite things in this movie is when Jack's at the hangman's noose and Will comes in to save him. Um, I think, like, that whole scene is just really cool. And then my favorite moment of it is when they're backed up against the pillar and they um, both do a simultaneous synchronized front shoulder roll. Okay. Like I don't know. I just I just think it's, it's cool. A, it's, it's a cool a good, little it's a good it's cool little movement. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Yeah. At the, at the end, they're so synchronized, um, which is so different from the beginning when they're fighting each other. Now they're fighting with each other. Right. And what I was gonna say is that Nordington gives him a pass. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 says, okay, tomorrow. You know, he doesn't pursue. Yeah, we'll give th- him a head start. Yeah, give him a head start. I I think that that really shows some character development, uh, development and change in him. 
Um, and then we see, we really see Norrington's him go down. never had it out for Jack. Not like, Norrington's never really had it out for Jack. Unlike no. the guy that's introduced in the next movie. Right. What's his face? He's the one that really had it out for Jack. What's his face? I don't remember his name. I can't remember. I They're all know. really random old British names. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Who names their kid Norrington? Um, that's a very good point. Right. Um. Although I would assume that's his last name. Still. Surname. Sorry. Still. Uh, no, he's never really had it out for Jack, yeah. and I think part of it is because right before that, Elizabeth stood up for Jack, and. I bet you Norrington's. Oh, I don't, I know for sh- a fact Norrington still mm-hmm. loves Elizabeth, and so this is almost like. Well, he says that in the third yeah, one too. It's a gift to her that he let Jack go. He let him wear the Isle of the Dead, and that whole like curse where that's from, and how much of a you know that plays a big factor in it. Mm-hmm. They they take the gold. They get then you have to like put it back. For yeah, that you have not to return to, it. For Every that piece. not to hurt you. How how did so? But Jack never took it until he took it at the very end where right. he fools him. Um, but see, yes. So Jack took it before Will could return it with his blood. Right. And then, um. Or no, he took a second piece before Will could drop the other one in. Yep. I think that's what happened. Something, I don't know, something. He's a master of well, sleight of hand. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And so that's great. I'm, I'm trying to think, too. I'm trying to get to that plot device yeah. and how big of a pull that is. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people associate immortality with not changing at all. Right. And we know from, uh, well, we don't know, but there's some other devices where we see that you do age. Uh, Last Crusade, the guy is very old, mm-hmm. but he's been kept alive. Nicholas Flamel, very old, but still kept alive. It's almost like you, you just age like three times as slow. Something like that. But this this type of immortality is painful, is unpleasant. Yeah. Um, is it something that... It's not something that they want. You know, it was at first, and then they curse. realized the consequences of it. Right. Can't eat, can't drink, Do turn you, into a skeleton. Yeah, I, ju- I just th- I find it interesting that this is, yes, the title gives its way it, that it's a curse, and yes. we know that it's bad. But, you know, Jack, in another movie, is obsessed with the immortality and is trying to become the immortal Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. Right. Oh, I love that captain. <laughs> I think he's. He I think he's never not been obsessed with it. Right. Because even but he's not willing to pay the price. Even that it his requires. line when he showed Barbosa that he had the coin was it was too hard to resist. Mm. So. See, I always thought he was talking about stealing, not not the other thing. But I, that, think I see both. what you're saying there. The yeah, concept no. of immortality, I think, was something he was always obsessed with. It always pulls to him. Otherwise, why would they have originally? Why wouldn't they have originally been going for it anyways when he was the captain? Well, they didn't know. Right? There's the premise is well, they don't know that it's cursed. They didn't know it was cursed, but did they mm-hmm. know that it brought immortality? That I don't know. Yeah, so. Do you know what a Wilhelm scream is? Have you heard that before? Yes, but I forgot to look it up and see what it actually is. Oh, it's a 
it's basically any time someone falls off a cliff ever in a movie, it's that type of really, yeah, that type of scream. Ben Burt, okay, uh, Star Wars is known uh-huh. for it, like when they get blasted and they fall off, ah, and that happens. That like two. fading, yeah, it, it heard during the battle of the Dauntless. Mm-hmm. It, it happened. It popped I up several that. times. I saw. Yeah. I love that that happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Really, my my biggest thing. For this movie, I think the big takeaway is that it's just a lot of fun from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I think that carries in the other movies. I think it wanes a little bit for me in other times. I think uh, I think it carries through in the second one. But it starts getting darker. It starts getting this darker. This one, even though you're talking about curses and stuff, it's always in the, the skeletons. It's mm-hmm. always like, okay, it's, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. Yeah. There was more craziness in the second one like just random craziness going on yeah like even like on the boats Mm -hmm. um the kraken the kraken or like or like at the beginning when before the kraken gets to that ship and you see elizabeth is on there pretending to be a guy and they find the dress in the water and it's all of a sudden they're like and you know what this means is there's a lady on board with no clothes on and everyone scatters and you see Elizabeth. She's like, oh, I have to pretend. Okay. Right, um, I'm right. going to go look for it. Like, it's just those little bits of craziness that, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that in the second one. I, too. I feel like in the later movies, there's more at stake. Yes. Um, with Will's Especially subplot. Especially the number three. Yeah, Especially Will, at yeah. World's End. World's End is, is it's huge. Yeah. Um, that's why I like number two. It's enough build up to know that it's getting dark, but it's also they've settled into the characters to be crazy and fun. Yeah. So. See, my problem with two is that you don't have enough of them on screen at the same time. Three you do. After you go rescue mm-hmm. Jack, then you have them all together. Yeah. And I feel like that's when it's best because they can they can write things together. I feel like uh, yes. it's just a lot more fun. I loved Will's... Um, it's not a monologue because that's speaking. Soliloquy? No, that's also speaking. Um, shoot. You're talking about when he's in the... When he's searching for Jack and it's just like it's clips of his trip trying to find Jack in the second one. Okay. What is that called? Well, it's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of, it's all mashed together in one. Montage. Yeah, montage. Training montage. Yes. <laughs> his his montage of trying to find Jack at the beginning of the second one I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about the second one. We're talking we're about the first. But it's, it's really hard to do that with, mm-hmm. with a movie that's so many yeah so many big things here. And then, you know, they set up the bootstrap Bill Turner reference here. Mm-hmm. And that's that becomes very important in the next few movies. And well, it was important in this one, too. Oh yeah, because of was, uh, that ties that ties Will to them. Yes, it's the reason Will's important. How does Will look at er, um, Hector? Uh, uh, how does Hector not know? Barbosa. How does he, how does he look him in the face after that? Like after like you know why your yeah. father died? Right. I mean, I guess they never really talk about that, but they're pirates. They don't think about it like that. No, they don't. And I guess Will just accepts that because mm-hmm. they're pirates and he's a pirate, but he's not wanting to be a pirate, but he's definitely a pirate. Yeah. And, and Jack explains it. Jack explains it to him in this. Yeah. Several in this times. One. He several explains times. it to him several times. 
Because Will keeps denying it. Went to Tortuga. It. Yeah. <laughs> went here for treasure. You're obsessed with treasure. That's And that's yeah. the one thing he um, objected to. He he accepted everything else that Jack was saying. He's like, I'm not obsessed with treasure. Different like, kinds of treasure. Yeah. He's like, that's the one thing that you're yeah. objecting to. And you will save your bonnie lass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I don't. I don't either. I. I want to go watch this movie. That's the problem. I keep. Yeah. I keep thinking of this in my head. It's kind of a lengthier movie, and there's it's just so much hours. that goes. There's so much it's that goes lot. on in it. Okay. I saw it. Um, there's like a meme or something, and it was like one of the pictures where they were improvising. Um. And it was like, the the per- the caption was, "I feel." Like to film pirates, they just took the cast, put them on a boat, and said, "Go play pirates." Yeah, and I just can filmed see that. it, and just filmed it. You know, and it, it's that's that's one of those costumes that kids can dress up as. One hundred percent. And they just kind of know. Mm-hmm. Pirates are lawless. Pirates are. They're sword fighting. They're looking for the buried treasure. You know, it's it's the adventure. They don't. Well, they also don't seem to have a conscience with right. them. They don't have a. You know, even the pirates' code that's alluded to here, then explained more in the couple other movies. They they break their own code. They go with what they want yeah. to do, and it it kind of it can be in some ways empowering. You just be like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. I'm gonna go do it. And man, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I'll take some of that for a little bit. But yeah, it's a great movie. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I thanks for it. coming and talk about it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, take care. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mochas podcast. Have a great day, guys.